All right, here we go. Well, we have been uh, in the middle of a series, and uh, we're on number four. That's right. Last week I wasn't here. Thanks for uh, letting me go to our partner church across town and uh, share the good word with them. Uh, and I understand you had great worship here, so that's a good thing. Uh, but it means we didn't get one of our five in last week. So uh, today we're up to uh, number four, and uh, we'll put you on the quiz here. Uh, we started out the whole series saying the five things God can't do. Number one was God can't. Awesome. Thank you so much. God can't lie. Absolutely. Number two. God can't want your worst. Excellent. Thank you so much. I really get encouraged when you can do that. Number three. God can't. Abandon us. Yeah, God can't just abandon us. Right. Absolutely. And here's number four today. Number four. God can't stop loving you. He just can't. It's not in His nature. Remember, that's what we've been discovering in this whole process. It's not just about what God can't do, but it's understanding the very nature of what God is like. And we know that God can't stop loving you. He just can't because His nature is to be loving. Now, the Apostle Paul asked the question in, uh, in the book of Romans. And remember, when he was writing to the Romans, he was writing to a group of uh, Christians in Rome who were undergoing persecution. They were undergoing hardship every day. They were experiencing struggle and challenge to keep the faith, to stand strong and be firm in the midst, in the heart of the Roman Empire and the persecutions ultimately of Nero. Paul writes them a letter. And in the letter, he asks the simple, direct question. Can anything separate us from the love of Christ? That's really the question, right? Can anything, can anything at all separate us from the love of Christ? Can anything in your yesterday, can anything in your tomorrow, can anything that has ever been separate you from the love of Christ? Even God. Can God? Choose to separate us from the love of Christ. That's the question that he's asking. And the answer he gives in Romans 8 is emphatic. And his answer is quite simply to say that God loves you this morning right now. He can't not love you. He loves you this morning absolutely without condition right now. Paul says it this way to the Romans. I am sure. Is that a strong word? I am sure. Another translation says, I am absolutely convinced. You see how emphatic he is? He's saying, look, here's the way it is. I am absolutely sure. I am absolutely convinced. It is beyond the shadow of a doubt. There is absolutely no question in my mind. I am absolutely, utterly convinced and sure. Did you get it? I am sure that nothing... Do you see that word? Nothing, absolutely, utterly, nothing can separate us from God's love. What's Paul saying? God can't stop loving us. It's not in His nature. And there is nothing in this world, not even Himself, there is nothing that can stop God from loving us. 
Paul even tries to put together a big list. He tries to come up with a list that encompasses everything he can think of under the sun here, everything that we experience. He tries to come up with an absolute exhaustive list to say, can any of these things possibly separate us from God's love? He says, not life or death, not angels or spirits, not the present or the future, and not powers above or powers below. Is he covering pretty good, pretty much everything? See what he's doing? He said, is there anything? There's nothing. Nothing in all creation can separate us from God's love for us in Christ Jesus our Lord. Why? Because God can't. He just can't. God can't stop loving you. From the beginning of time, God was in love with you. When Jesus Christ walked the earth 2,000 years ago, God was in love with you. When Jesus was spread out on a cross and nails were being pounded into His hands and to His feet, the only person on His mind was how much He loved you. God can't stop loving you. And God loves you right now, right at this moment, when you're right in this room. And He loves you in spite of all of your weaknesses. He loves you in spite of all of your failures. And He loves you even though you have betrayed Him again and again and again. He still loves you. He can't not love you. God loves you. Now, it doesn't stop there. The good news is not only does God love you, not only does He accept you right now the way you are, but when God loves you, He not only loves you the way you are, but He also loves you enough to see what you can become. God loves you and knows who you can become because of that love. If you go into uh, Luke 1, it's when John was born, the, the prophet, uh, last great prophet John the Baptist. When he was born... And his father, Zechariah, the Holy Spirit comes upon Zechariah. And Zechariah begins to speak and prophesy in the Holy Spirit. Okay? And when he speaks and prophesies, he starts speaking about the life that John is going to have. And he even starts forecasting the life Jesus is going to have. The Holy Spirit is leading Zechariah to say, well, not only does God love him now, but God has something greater in store. For John, God has something greater in store for Jesus. We can capture it maybe with these words. It says, this is Zechariah. God's love and kindness will shine upon us like the sun that rises in the sky. On us who live in the dark shadow of death, this light will shine to guide us into a life of peace. Did you capture all that? You see, God's love, Zechariah is saying, through the Holy Spirit, is like the sun that greets you every morning. It just shines on you. It just, it just warms you. It just basks you every morning. That's the way God's love is. God's love is constant. He can't not love you. His love is constant. And because He loves you, not only does He love you, but He is willing to guide you into a greater life. He's willing to guide you so that your life can move and become even more than what it is right now at this moment, even though He loves you right now at this moment. Do you get all that? When God loves us, it's not only that He loves us for who we are right now, but He also loves us for who He knows we can become. 
when we take in that love, that sunshine. Maybe these, these words from Paul in Corinthians can help you get that. Get it. Paul writes to, to the, in the first letter to the Corinthians, he says, What God has planned for people who love Him is more than eyes have seen or ears have heard. It has never even entered our minds. Do you get that? Wow. It means that God loves you and He loves you so much that He has ideas and dreams. He has things He knows that because of His love you can accomplish and your mind hasn't even thought of it yet. You haven't even had a glimmer of understanding yet of the life that God has in store for you when you receive that love and you love Him back. God knows what you can become. And when you get in agreement with Him, when you get into that love relationship with Him, His plans, His desires, and His love for you expands who you are. And you discover thoughts and dreams and accomplishments for your life that He had that you never thought of. God loves you not only the way you are, but God loves you because He sees what you can also become. Now, when you understand this, when you understand how much God loves you, and you understand what God can create and what you can become, it becomes life-changing experience. And yet some of you sit this morning and you say, well, wait a minute. i got stuff in my life I can't change already. And that's right. You see, the reality is God can't stop loving you. And so He is willing to get involved in your life and overcome for you those things you can't overcome on your own. See, we all know. We all know there are always these demons that are kind of chiding at our heels. They're always trying to pull us back. They're always kind of bring us down. They're always kind of trapping us in temptation. There's always those things that we fight against that somehow we just can't overcome on our own. And God says, look, I love you enough. I'll overcome them with you. I love you enough. I know what your life can become. I will overcome them with you. God changes our life into something greater because He's willing to get involved in the dirty work and overcome. If you go into Romans 8, Paul talking to those, uh, those folks, you know, where God is saying, God, God can change what you can't. He says, For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of His Son. What did He predestine those who love Him to become? Like Jesus. Now, before you came in this morning, did you come in this morning and say, you know, I know, I've got this dream from God that He wants me to be exactly like Jesus. Or when you hear that, did you say, I could never do that. You can't. But when you get tuned in to the incredible love that God has for you, He can do things in your life you can't. And you can become. You can become. When God gets involved in your life in that way, He can change what you can't. They can go to another verse in Romans that kind of helps us grab hold of that. Uh, and it's where Paul is emphatic about this response. He says, No, 
In all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. What's all these things? Well, all those things that would try to hold you back. All those things that would try to drag you away from what God has in store for you. All those things that you struggle with and can't seem to control in your life. Paul says, because of God's love, we can conquer those things. Because of God's strength in our life, we can conquer those things. Because of God, because God can't stop loving us, we can conquer those things. You say, sounds good. It's true. Let me give you an example. If you watch the screen for a minute, I'll introduce you to a young woman named Laura. And Laura will tell you the truth in her own life. Laura's a real person, and she's going to tell you the truth about what God can do when you just receive His love. Let's go ahead and watch the screen. It was really difficult for me to see myself as God sees me because I look back on my past a lot and it's hard for me to forgive myself about things I've done, like past mistakes, like thinking that I had no purpose in life and thinking that God thought I was a mistake and those things. And so it's hard to look back on those and think that God doesn't really see me as that. Like I didn't have a positive outlook on life, so... Why would God give grace to me and everything? Growing up, I lived with uh, my two parents and my brother, and I kind of put on a show for everyone that I was just this happy person and all this when deep inside, I was feeling, you know, really hurt, upset, sad, and keeping all my emotions inside to make it seem like I was stronger. And I struggled a lot with body image. I'd go through periods of time without eating and just totally focusing on my body because I thought that's what I needed to feel better about myself. And the thoughts I had about myself were, I'm ugly, um, I don't have a purpose, God made a mistake creating me. I was comparing myself to what was cool in school, you know, like um, if being gorgeous meant being skinny and all that, I would see myself as what I'm not and not like what I am. Well, when I finally had gotten courage to tell my parents the feelings I was having about myself, um, I went through counseling for me to see myself as the way God sees me because in the Bible it says God loves me, sent his son to die for me. And a lot of times I've just wondered, you know, how can God love me that much? God loves Laura that much. And God loves you that much. He can't stop loving you. Even with the challenges that seem so overwhelming, he can't stop. And he wants to give you every strength to overcome whatever barrier it is. When you understand, when you receive, you get you get hooked in with God's vision, dream for your life, those things God can overcome. When that starts happening, God can then expand your vision. He can then expand the way you see things. You see, God loves you, and God is able to overcome those barriers in your life. And He can then open up to you this is the difference you can make in your life. There's a great, uh, great story about a professional golfer. A professional golfer got an invitation from one of the kings in Saudi Arabia to come over and, and uh, play in a golf tournament in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, he was a little hesitant about the whole deal, but yeah, you know they promised a private jet and the whole deal. 
So, okay, I'll go. So he, okay, he gets private jet. You know, he goes to the airport. Private jets from the king is there to pick him up. He gets on the plane and, you know, flies over to Saudi Arabia. He plays, you know, golf every day with the royal family and, you know, just having a great time. Anything he wants, there it is. You know, just having a great time. Play golf, play golf, play golf. Finally, you know, time to go home. Tournament's over. Uh, the king uh, showed up with his limousine, picked up this golfer, and took him out to the airport where the private jet was waiting to take him back to the United States. And uh, the king uh, walked him over to the plane. He said, now, um, I had such a great time with you. I want to give you a gift. And the golfer's like, hey, it was a great tournament. I mean, you, you, every need I had, you, you know, provided for a fantastic time. Really, that's, that's plenty. That's enough. The king's like, no, you don't understand. I really, I, I must insist on giving you a gift. The golfer said, well, all right, I'll tell you what. I collect golf clubs. So, uh, you know, just send me a golf club. Gets on the plane, you know, off he goes back to America. He's up on the plane. He starts thinking about it. He starts thinking, gee, what kind of golf club he's going to give me, you know? And he starts thinking about, well, you know, maybe a putter with a like a solid gold head on it and my name kind of inscribed on it. And you know how that goes, right? You're all dreaming right now, are you? Yeah. He's like, oh, what could he give me? You know? Well, okay, he gets home and he's, he keeps watching for the FedEx truck to pull up. You know, day two goes by, three goes by. Week goes by, no truck. Two weeks go by. Finally, at the end of two weeks... FedEx truck pulls up. Guy gets out. He's looking for this giant package, you know. Guy gets up with gets out with a little package like this, just a you know, letter envelope. Gives it to him, has him sign for it. It's from the king. He's like, what's the deal on this? So he opens it up. He begins reading through the papers, and it says, the king has now gifted him with a 525-acre golf club in the United States. Did he just expand his vision? Huh? You see what the king? See what the king thinks like? You see, when the king is in love with you, he expands the vision of the difference you can make in life. He sees the glory that you can bring to Jesus Christ. He sees the difference and the heart's that you can change for Jesus Christ. He sees everything that you can accomplish because you just receive His love and you overcome the obstacles. He overcomes the can'ts and He expands your vision into what your life can become when you bring Him glory. We could go into the Scriptures and uh, uh, Paul would say, but God has given us His Spirit that's why we don't think the same, the, the same way that the people of this world think. That's also why we can recognize the blessings that God has given us. Isn't that cool? We don't think. We don't dream. We don't vision. We don't understand the same way everybody else out there in the world does. Because we know God can't stop loving us. He can't. And when we get in agreement with that incredible love of His and we start conquering those obstacles, we become more and more like Jesus. And the vision of what our life can become for Christ just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And we can expand His kingdom.
Ultimately, that all can happen because God also, when we receive that awareness that He can't stop loving us, God expands our viewpoint to an eternal viewpoint. See, so many folks in this world just live in a, in a daily viewpoint. They kind of get up and say, you know, how am I going to get through this day? You know, how can I just get to tomorrow or how can I just get to the weekend maybe? God, when you receive God's love, when you understand that God can't stop loving you, He expands not only the vision of what your life can become, but He expands your viewpoint in how you view every day. Because you now can view every day from the perspective, not of today, but of eternity. You can understand when you receive God's love that He can't stop loving you, that your eternity is already in place. It's already secure. John 3 says, God loved the people of this world. How much? So much. Oh my gosh. So much. He loves you. That He gave His only Son. So that everyone who has faith in Him will have eternal life and never really die. God did not send His Son into the world to condemn its people. He sent Him to save them. You see, eternity. You see, when we walk through our days, we understand that the time we're on this earth is so small. In the scheme of things, with the eternal viewpoint, what we do is so small in time. And yet it's our time. It's our time to approach the day and say, you know what? God can't not love me today. And my eternity is well in place because He loves me. I can rise above whatever this day holds and expand my view and expand what God can do in my life and I can make a difference for the kingdom of Jesus Christ today that can last for eternity. You see, God brings to us then an eternal viewpoint. If we go back to Scripture, John 12 says, If you love your life, you'll lose it. If you give it up today, if you give up this world you'll be given eternal life. See, if you give up thinking about this world, how am I going to get through today? How am I going to get through the week? How can I just get to the weekend? Oh my gosh, with this hangover, how can I go into work on Monday? See, if you can give up the world, give up that life, and just receive the love that God has for you, and you look at life differently from an eternal viewpoint, then how you spend your day becomes completely different. It's a day to make a difference and to rise above. And God loves me. He can't not in that day. That leads us to the next point. The point is that God loves you and not only does He love you, He'll not give up on you. God can't stop loving you. Now listen, this is the important part. You ready? We all have those places in our lives of which we are ashamed. We all do. Nobody in the room doesn't walk into this room with those kind of places. We all have those places that we like to keep hidden, we like to ignore, and we like to pretend never happened. We all have those places where shame resides. And in spite of that, God loves you and He'll never give up on you. No matter what lives in that place where you call shame, God loves you and He will never give up on you. 
And instead, He promises, regardless of what resides there, He forgives. You can hear it from His mouth in 1 John. If we say that we have not sinned, we are fooling ourselves. You see, if you say that's not true, that's not in my life, you're you're just fooling yourself. We all know it's true. The key is, face it. Admit it. Get a handle on it and understand God already knows it anyway. He already understands it anyway. He says, we're fooling ourselves. The truth isn't in our hearts. But if we confess our sins to God, if we get truthful with God, if we just let that part of our life be exposed to God, He knows it anyway. Just be honest with God about it. He can always be trusted to forgive us and to take our sins away. Why? Because He can't stop loving us. He can't stop loving us. And because He can't stop loving us, He is ready to take whatever lives there out and away. We can go to Isaiah 43. He says it this way, You burden me down and with your terrible sins, but I wipe away your sins because of who I am, and so I will forget the wrongs you have done. Do you get that? See, no matter what resides there, no matter how many times you've lied, no matter how many times you've cheated somebody, no matter how many times you've had impure sexual thoughts or actions, no matter how many times you've stolen things, no matter how many times, no matter how many times, no matter how many times you've done whatever it is that betrayed Jesus Christ, God can't stop loving you. He can't. And He says, I will remember that no longer. When you're honest, when you're truthful, I will remember that no longer. Now, we've got to be cautious. We've got to be careful. Because you could hear the message this morning and walk out and think, well, great, that means it must be that everybody, it doesn't matter what they do or who they are, everybody is just uh, going to experience the kingdom of heaven forever and ever and ever. No, that's not what... That's not what we're talking about this morning. We're saying God can't stop loving you. Here's the problem. People can stop loving Him. God can't stop loving you. The question is, do you love Him? The Bible says that when Jesus Christ comes back, when He comes back, Those who don't love Him, those that He doesn't know because they haven't loved Him back, they will experience the saddest reality for eternity of being separated from Him. They will experience the saddest reality of not being in His presence. It doesn't mean God doesn't love them. Of course He does. He can't not love them. And He will weep and He will cry as they walk away from Him for eternity. Just as He has weeped and cried every single day of their life that they have chosen to walk away from Him and not love Him back. God can't not love us. The question, do we love Him? If we go back to the Scripture, it says, God did not send His Son into the world to, be, to condemn its people. He sent Him to save them. That's what He wants. No one who has faith in God's Son will be condemned. Good news. But, but everyone who doesn't have faith in Him has already been condemned 
for not having faith in God's only Son. It's not that God didn't love them. It's that they never received it. They never responded to it. They never chose to love Him back. Jesus wants every person you meet tomorrow to know how much He loves them. And He wants to love them back. We can look at John 3 and it says, The light has come into the world and people who do evil things are judged guilty because they love what? The dark. See, there's the problem. The problem is they're in love with the wrong thing. They're in love with that stuff out there in the world. They're in love with all of that instead of loving what really is the greatest one you could ever love. And that's God, to receive that incredible love that God has and give it back. God can't stop loving you, but it starts with also loving Him back. It's receiving the gift. Here's some things that happen. When you receive the gift, you know you are loved. When you receive the gift, you know you're loved. When you put your feet on the ground tomorrow morning and you start walking out into that challenging world out there, you can walk out there and say, no matter what happens in my day, God loves me. He can't not love me. God loves me. We can hear it in Paul. He says, you were dead because you were sinful and you were not God's people. But God let Christ make you alive when He forgave all of our sins. God wiped out all the charges that were against us for obeying the law of Moses. He took them away and He nailed them to the cross. Therefore, Christ defeated all the powers and the forces. When you walk out tomorrow, you know God loves you. He cannot love you. And you discover how to defeat the powers You discover how to defeat the forces because you're constant in the awareness that says, I am loved. When you receive the gift, you receive the gift that says, I can now have a confidence because I know I'm loved. Whatever you face in the day, you're going to face some challenges. You're going to face some struggles. You're going to face some temptations. But you remember, wait a minute, God can't not love me. And because God loves me, I am His child. And if I am His child, He won't stop loving me. He will be with me and help me endure and overcome whatever it is. If you go into Galatians, it says, But when the time was right, God sent His Son, and a woman gave birth to Him. His Son obeyed the law, so He could set us free from the law, that we could become, what? God's children. Now we are His children. Did you see that? You can have confidence in your life because you know God can't not love you. And not only does He love you, but He says, look, you're my my kid. You're my child. He goes on, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts. And the Spirit tells us that God is our Father. You are His child. You have His Spirit. He is your Father. And you have all of His promises. That's where it ends. You are God's children and you will be given what He has promised. Did you hear that? Boy, you can walk in confidence if you receive that. You can walk in confidence that God loves you and you belong to Him. Paul says, my dear friends, God loves you and we know He has chosen you to be His people. When you receive the gift, you receive the gift of that love. Now, here's the challenge. It means you also have to learn to love others. You have to learn to love others. He says, if you, if you have heard people say, love your neighbors and hate your enemies, but I tell you to love your enemies, pray for anyone who mistreats you, 
then you will be acting like your Father in heaven. Remember what I said earlier? He wants you to become like Jesus. Do you see that in the verse? You know what that means? That person in your office that is the worst burr in your behind, tomorrow, you got to love them. Yes? you got to love them. You see, if you're going to sit in the room today, if we're going to get out of here and go have coffee and treats and love one another and care for one another, it's good stuff. And we should do it, absolutely. But if you're going to say, God can't not love me, you got to understand. That person who is always agitating you, that person who is always challenging you, that person who has disappointed you how many times, that person that is always just a struggle for you, God loves that person just as much. He can't not. And He says to you, you've got to love Him too. You've got to love Him too. Because I know you are my child and you can become like Jesus to that person. We can go to Matthew 5. Jesus says, if you love only those people who love you, will God reward you for that? Even tax collectors love their friends. See, it's good that we love each other. We ought to love each other. It's great to love each other. Absolutely, go love each other when we're all done, right? But the question is, how about the people that are so hard to love? Remember, and we'll end here, what Jesus says in Matthew 22. Teacher, what is the most important commandment in the law? Here's what Jesus says. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. This is the first and most important commandment. God can't not love you. And you receive that love, and you love Him back. But the second most important commandment is like this one, and it is... Love others as much as you love yourself. If you're going to receive God's love, if God's going to raise your life up to everything it can become, if you're going to overcome those challenges, if you're going to be honest and get that shame out of your life, if you're going to move into becoming that child of God that God proclaims you to be just because He loves you, then you've got to be ready to go love somebody else. To go love that person that would be the hardest. Because God can't stop loving them either. And He will love them and love them and love them. Even as they walk away. Let's let the band come up and let's pray. Father, we come to You today and uh, we pray. We pray this morning that You would speak to each one of our hearts and just give us that incredible reassurance of Your love. That there's nothing in, the, in this world, there's nothing in our past, there's nothing in our future, there's nothing in today, there's no power, there's just nothing in this world that can change your love for us. And we pray, help us to receive that, to just live confidently, to have that eternal viewpoint and to become those people who make a difference in this world just because you love us. Help us to be those who can Go into the world tomorrow and to be like you. And love even the most difficult. Because we know you love them as well. 
and you wish that they would spend eternity with you just like we will. Father, we pray for your blessing. We pray for your wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen.